If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. A warm up on Welcome to Bubbly Las Vegas. Discussing good soups with myself, Greg H. Peterson, now part of the Houston Family Podcast. We've got a great podcast for you guys. We're going to be keeping this one to two parts as we're going to be joined in segment number two by Tobias Bass. We're going to get a little bit of a roundup as to what we've seen in the Big 12 the last few days. He's a man that graduated from Texas Tech and he does a great job of being able to do a great job on the recruiting front as well as his main gig is over there at the Athletics. So we're going to be chatting with him about what to expect out of Devin Cambridge over at Texas Tech, the way that that roster has come together with Grant McCaslin taking over, what to make out of West Virginia. Some of the guys are currently in the transfer portal, like a Joe Tucson. How big would it mean if he came back slash left the program? So we're going to be diving in on that front. And then we're also going to be just gauging some of the teams that he feels have done a very solid job in the offseason that hasn't necessarily gotten the love that they deserve. So we're going to be diving into that in segment number two with Tobias. And if you do have a question, comment, segment idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways to be able to fire those in. First one is my Twitter timeline, at Janet underscore 81. Keep in mind, letters, yeah, maybe does not matter. So as per usual, please do send these into the timeline. And the other way is find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you're able to fire whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast by that five-star review. Really did not get in any Twitter questions today, but we did see a few pieces of news and notes from college basketball over the last 24 hours as Donovan Grant last season. He was over at Oregon State, just was not able to get out there on the floor. He has decided that he is going to be transferring over to Georgetown. Now, I don't necessarily have high expectations for Donovan Grant, a little bit of a six foot six, six foot seven, bit of a jitterbug guy. 247 Sports. I know it didn't necessarily have the world's highest rankings for him, but he's a guy that's a little bit more from the East Pope. East Coast part of the country. I think he's a little bit more from the south in the state of Georgia, but they are going to be landing him. So that's a bit of a get for Georgetown. Just one of those pieces to round out the roster. And that's what we're looking at right now. And something else I'm going to be talking to Tobias about as well is that we are going to be seeing more of this. We didn't see any of it on Thursday or really last few days in general, but reclassification. Teams that they aren't able to land someone in the transfer portal, they reclassify as what is supposed to be a senior in the class of 2024, reclassifying to the class of 2023. We're going to get his thoughts, some of the positives, some of the negatives of it, and how it could actually be handled really well, and why it sometimes 
a detriment to these teams. So that's something else that we're going to be touching upon. Adrame Dejongue, he was playing over at Washington State last season. Hopefully I said that correctly. A former top 100 recruit as well from the class of 2022. Just was not able to really get out there for Washington State this last season. But a 7-footer that is able to provide size. He is going to San Jose State. This is massive for San Jose State because they were a top 10 team last season in terms of overall rebound rate. They were looking to find that replacement for Ibrima Diallo. He decided during the offseason that he was going to be transferring out of the program. Being able to land someone like this, a former top 100 recruit, a guy that is going to have more size than most out there in the Mountain West, a little bit of a rebounding savant, not a guy that's going to be a stretch 7-footer that's going to be shooting up a wild amount of threes or anything like that, but someone that's able to hold down the fort down low, just maintain really the identity that has been formed at San Jose State. That is big, and this is really the first ad for San Jose State this offseason as well. They've been relatively quiet in the portal. They've been able to maintain a lot of the guys that they had last year, someone like Amari Moore coming back. He was the Mountain West Player of the Year. That is big, and I think that San Jose State has the possibility to be able to take another stride forward. And then we did see Elijah Perkins decide that he is going for Austin P. and he is going to be attending St. Peter's, and he is going to be becoming a Peacock. This is not necessarily the world's biggest move for St. Peter's. A bunch of, it just did not go well for them in their first year coming off of the Elite Eight appearance. As we know, they have the coaching regime change during the offseason, but they've done an okay job trying to bring in some guys that they're going to be able to mix and match with for Perkins last season. Just really wasn't able to get out there on the floor in general. Played just nine games over at Austin P. It was a little bit of a cast off with Austin P. Hiring on Corey Gibson during the offseason. Only was able to give the team about a point half per contest, but is a native of the state of New Jersey. Got to figure that he's going to probably pair up with Mason Randolph, who comes in from Richmond. And why is that Richmond last year? Actually shot 40% from three-point range. So a little bit more of a depth piece for a St. Peter's team that they're really not too concerned with their offense. They're going to be looking for some good hard-nosed defense, and I do think that he's going to be able to provide a little bit of that on the perimeter. And coming in next, we're going to provide you with just some intel with regards to the Big 12. Tobias Bass, he does a great job taking a look on that front. He is going to be joining me, and we're going to be taking a look at Devin Cambridge going over to Texas Tech, what's all happened with West Virginia. And as I was mentioning a little bit before, some of the guys that are going to be reclassifying how it's been handled the last few years, and if there might be some success for these guys moving forward. That's up next right here on Coach Gossips with myself, Greg Peters, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. 
and I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Are you ready to become a winning sports better? Schedule a call with SBIA to find out how their service can make you a long-term winning player. They've developed an innovative algorithm that maximizes units return, and they are so confident in their system that they offer a money-back guarantee. Sign up by October 31st and get their NBA package at no cost until they reach 10 net units. They treat sports betting like a business. So if you want to learn how to make your sports betting dreams a reality, visit them at SBIA1.com and check them out on social media at SBIA Sports. And we're back here in lovely Las Vegas for Cuss Cuss Eats with myself, Greg Eats-Peters, and now part of the Visa Family Podcast. Always great to be joined by this man. It's Tobias Bass. He does absolutely incredible work taking a look at the great game of college basketball. Along with his work, doing a great job taking a look at college basketball. He also does a nice job unearthing the stars of tomorrow. He does a great job scouting and analyzing the high school games. These guys that they're going to be starring in 2003 as freshmen, 2024 and beyond. He does a great job of taking a look at them and to be able to find Tobias on Twitter. That is at his name. Simple enough. Tobias underscore Bass. Tobias, it's always great to have you aboard. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for joining me, Tobias. And we're going to talk a lot about the Big 12 because obviously we saw a lot at West Virginia. But first things first, I know that you are a Texas Tech graduate. And I want to get your thoughts on Devin Cambridge heading on over to the program because what he decided that he was going to go to Texas Tech, I had really no idea that he had actually decommitted from Oregon, but I feel like this is a really good get, as we know, with Graham McCastle, more of a defense-oriented coach. This is probably not going to be a team that's going to be looking to put up 85-plus points. And for Cambridge, nice 6-6 player that comes over from Arizona State who is rock solid on defense as well. Not sure what your overall thoughts are on how the fit is going to be, but I just took a look at it from a glance, and I thought, yep, this makes total sense, and I think that he's going to fit very well in this system. You know, I think it definitely made a lot of sense. He'll come over there, and he should start – 
you know, being a big powerful punch athletically and what he can do defensively. And I think he'll even help in the scoring column as well. This team next year, they're going to be able to shoot it, I think, pretty well with Pop Isaacs and Chance McMillan. But I think he'll be that guy on the wing that can come in there and slash and make plays on the wing. I think so as well. And when it comes to Texas Tech, I think overall the team has done a solid job in the transfer portal. They have brought in a few guys via the portal. They've got a few guys that are returning as well. How do you think overall this team has been able to mix a match? Because I do think that when you have a coaching change like we saw this offseason with Grant McCaslin coming over, you sort of want a few guys that are sort of the holdovers that the coach really likes from the previous regime, along with him being able to bring in some of his own guys. And I think that he's done a good job of really – finding the right balance between the two. Yeah, and I think he's done a good job so far when he's brought in. I think that especially he's done well with what was in the portal. You know, a lot of teams, they were complaining that there weren't many centers or solid centers in the portal. Well, he happened to get one of the ones that was actually good. But he only, not only did he do that, when Kyra Lindsay comes back, he was able to get Robert Jennings to come back as well. So I think you're going to see a lot of teams next year just in the Big 12 or just nationwide. They're probably going to play smaller just due to necessity. Those six, eight, six, nine, fours might have to play some five. So I like what he's done so far. I actually got to meet him and Matt Blau for the first time uh, over the weekend at a, at a basketball event we're at. And those guys are awesome. Um, I really trust them with the school and the program. So I think they're going to do a good job. I think they might even surprise a couple of teams next year in the Big 12. So I'm excited to see them. And they have one more scholarship left. I'm going to try to get Joe Tucson from West Virginia. He's actually there now. So hopefully they can bring him in and get his thing rolling. And I'm so glad that you mentioned that because right now the biggest thing that is happening in college basketball is all the follow-up from West Virginia. As joining me on the show, we do have Tobias Bass. He does tremendous work over at The Athletic. And I do think that for West Virginia, before we dive into some of the guys that are right now deciding on their options, I think what they did over the weekend, hiring Josh Eilert as their interim coach, I think that it was best for this year. Maybe three, four years from now, they might regret not trying to hire on someone like an Andy Kennedy or something like that as a full-time head coach. But in terms of this roster for this year, their best hope was to hire on an interim, be able to maintain many of the guys like Kirk Reese, uh, Jesse Edwards, and company that they brought in via the transfer portal line. I think that them deciding to just stay in-house was able to help maintain a lot of roster chemistry for this year. You know, I agree. I think that was just definitely the most important thing because things could have definitely gone south for them. But they did have a couple of guys that they decided to leave, but those core portal guys, they all have stayed pretty much. So that was huge for them to be able to keep a guy in there that they're, that they're familiar with and they can get things rolling. I, you know, when you have a bunch of stuff going on with your team like that, it kind of, it usually kind of ends badly, but I think for them to be able to keep the roster together intact and they still have a couple of months until the season starts, but I think they're still going to be really good. I mean, on paper, they, they look like one of the best teams in the Big 12. So they have a couple of scholarship spots open. I know they'll fill those in the next couple of weeks. But as of now, with the guys that have, they brought in that have stayed, I think they're loaded. I think this team has a chance to be a top three to four team in the, uh, in the Big 12 going forward. And I think the big key for them was retaining Kirk Risa as well. He certainly right. does have a little bit of a low floor, as we saw at Arizona, but he's got a very high ceiling as well. But now the question becomes some of the ancillary pieces, because we know that Trey Mitchell went over to Kentucky, and I'll get your thoughts on him in a minute, because that's something that Kentucky very, very badly needed, not just bringing in someone like a Trey Mitchell, but literally bringing in anyone from the transfer portal. So that was good for them. But Joe Tucson is right now the main guy that we're taking a look at in the transfer portal. There's a few other guys that are weighing their options as well. But how big would it be if West Virginia lands Joe Tucson and or some other team gets them? Because 
I look at him as being a really good glue guy on a team that could be able to go deep in an NCAA tournament. Maybe not a guy that you want putting up like 15 plus points, seven plus assists or anything like that, but just someone that could contribute to a winning formula. No, I agree. You need guys like that. He's tough. He's physical to defend. You know, he's played in, he's played in, the, in the Big 12 before. I think he's, he's, a, he's a good player. He's solid. You need guys like that. Those, those are guys you can go to war with on a day-to-day basis. And for him, you know, you need guys like that in the Big 12. You're playing. You could play Kansas State on the road Tuesday and double back and play Kansas State on the road Saturday. So you need guys like that that you can trust to go in a hostile environment like that and play. Yeah, I'm totally with you there. And then the main loss that we have already seen for West Virginia, we will see if there's any others because with everything that happened with Bogabuggins, these guys have 30 days to decide if they want to transfer or not. Right now, I think we've gone through like 11, 12, something of that nature. So these guys still have about two plus weeks to be able to make that decision. But the main loss that we've seen thus far is Ray Mitchell. He decided that he was going to be going over to Kentucky and I just alluded to it a little bit before. Boy, oh boy, did Kentucky need literally anything in the transfer portal. And I think that this is a solid gift for them. Still would like to see a little bit more experience in the backcourt, though they do get Antonio Reeves back in the full. Not sure what your thoughts are overall on Kentucky, but it's a very talented roster, just a very inexperienced one, because I take a look at the freshmen that are coming in, and these guys, if they're able to live up to their billing, they could be a really lethal unit. Yeah, I think they're just really young. Them getting in a Mitchell was solid. You know, keeping Reeves is also solid for them as well. They're just really young. Those those kids are going to have to grow up pretty much overnight. I know Coach Cal is doing a great job trying to get those guys ready. But, I mean, I like their team. They're solid. They needed the center. I mean, Aaron Bradshaw's hurt, so he won't be ready to start the season. And their backup center, Nestle, he didn't play pretty much hardly at all. But they needed a center that they could bring in there and play immediately. And I think he feels a void that they just needed just based on the guys on their team. Yep, I'm right there with you. They really needed just anyone for that matter, whether that be in the backcourt, whether that be in the front court. Kentucky just needed some experience and bringing in someone in Trey Mitchell, who's six foot nine. We saw him at UMass a few years ago, be a very lethal three point shooter. I think that that is massive for them. As Tobias Bass, who does amazing work over at the Athletic, is joining me right here on Coast Coast Soup, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. And Tobias, just with regards to the Big 12, I do think that it's been a very good offseason for them, even with West Virginia. Having the coaching change with Bob Huggins now being out of the fold, they still brought in a lot of quality guys. Kirk Reese and Jesse Edwards are going to be staying for them. I do take a look at the charge late from Kansas State. It looked like it was going to be a bit of a quiet offseason for them, but they land Tyler Perry late. They get very late in the process. Arthur Kaluma. I just take a look top to bottom, and it feels like darn near every team in this conference got better this offseason. I think that once again, the Big 12 has been able to re itself as that number one conference in all of college basketball with the likes of the SEC, the Big East, trying to track them down at number two. You know, the conference definitely got better. And you people got to remember your ad again, BYU, Cincinnati, U of H, and UCF. Houston, for example, they brought in some players. You got LJ Cryer, and they brought they, you know, they brought in some good players over there as well, and they had some that, that came back. Cincinnati also got but they, they brought over brought over in Kentucky guy, and they also have a solid recruiting class as well. So I think this conference will be a ton of fun. It'll be interesting to see the matchups, who plays each other twice and when and where. I'm really excited to see when that when that uh, gets released in the next couple of weeks. But yeah, this conference is the best conference in America and it, it was even cool for Texas. You know, they Kansas lost a commitment and Chris Johnson, but he just goes – he stays in the Big 12 and goes to Texas. So, And they needed that guy because the best to come off the bench. So I think this conference is going to be probably the best I think it's ever been, at least for a season, as long as Texas and Oklahoma are there for this one season until they leave. Yep, I think that this conference is going to be very dominant. And even when those two schools leave, it's still going to be really good. 
how dominant it's going to be, that is the question that we are going to be able to tackle next offseason. But certainly yeah. if you're taking a look at things this year, it is very much locked and loaded. And this is something I'm noticing a little bit more, and I wouldn't be surprised if we see quite a few of the, these moves happening within the next few weeks, perhaps over the next month or two, and that's reclassification. We've seen quite a few guys the last few years be reclassified, and some of them have had great success, like Jalen Duran when he reclassified for Memphis a few years ago, became a lottery pick. He was very productive for them. And then we've seen guys like Christian Lander who did that for Indiana a few years ago. It was a big, giant flop. We've seen a few of these already this offseason. I know that Alabama had a forward that decided to reclassify about a week or two ago. Is this something that you expect to see a little bit more of as the transfer portal starts to really just be settled in general and there's fewer and fewer options for these teams to be able to fill out that last roster spot or two? I think you'll see it the next couple of years specifically because the next two draft classes are expected to be bad. Some of those high school kids, they might be like, you know what, they said that they're ready. Let me go ahead and get in college now. And if I have to stay two years, fine. But I'll be in college already when the projected draft classes aren't as strong. For me, as a fan, I'm – not the biggest supporter of it because typically it doesn't work. We have seen recent cases like a Dylan Durant where it did work, but I believe the math on it is like one in every 30 or one in every 33 like are honestly successful because it's hard. And the biggest issue of it with it is really just maturity. The physical aspect of it is one, but just you went from taking high school classes with high school friends doing high school things to being in a multi-million dollar machine that these games actually matter now, you know? So I think it's just a big overall adjustment. I'm not the biggest fan of it, but I, but I do get in. You look at Alabama's case, they needed big. They didn't really have any. They got Grant Nelson recently, but at the time, they only had one. So to bring in a Jaron Stevenson and then add Grant Nelson, now they look even more functional in the front court. And how much do you think with regards to some of these guys that reclassify, it's very important that that first year is almost, for lack of a better term, a little bit more of a redshirt year as well, because I take a look at this guy, and he certainly wasn't like a retro player or anything like that, but Tyrese Proctor had his struggles towards the beginning part of the year last year with Duke, was really able to ascend towards the back half of the season, and now he comes in as perhaps a All-American candidate, perhaps a lottery pick guy, and I think that that's the way that it should be working rather than some of these guys like we saw with the unfortunate case of Amani Bates where a lot was expected of him. You're number one in Memphis when he should have been a high school senior and said he was college freshman, really wasn't able to live up to that bill again. I think that that's the biggest thing that goes wrong with a lot of these guys. Too much expectations on that year where they should be high school seniors going to prom and things like that. Instead, they're college freshmen, and it just seems like it's a little bit too much for them a little bit too soon, whereas if they're eased into it a little bit more, it feels like it's something that can work. Yeah, I think so, too. I think the biggest thing is just the, those guys having a mentor. You look at, like, Armani Bay, there wasn't really a mentor on there. I'm sure there might have been one, but we didn't know about it, a mentor that could help him, you know, keep him grounded. I think sometimes some of the cases where you're seeing these guys do it, they have someone in place that will help them get adjusted just to college. It's just simple things, just going to class and you know, doing basketball-related activity. I think that's just a big adjustment for some kids. So you're doing it pretty much so abruptly. Like, you know, Jalen Duran plays in the Peach Jam Championship, he announces he's reclassed, and the next week he's on campus taking classes. So he, I think it is a big adjustment. But I think those guys having a mentor, someone like that on campus, preferably like a player on the team, I think that would do them really big dividends if they're going to do that. Yep, I'm in total agreement with you there, and I think that that's such a good point that you bring up. These guys that are reclassifying, and they're going to teams with 
some juniors, some seniors to be able to show them the ropes, to be able to help them out. That's big. Whereas if you're reclassifying and you're playing with a whole bunch of freshmen, there's not really a whole lot there. So I'm so right. glad that you made that point, Tobias. And I want to give you the floor a little bit here as well, because we've talked a lot about the Big 12, some of the moves that have been impressive in terms of that conference. Is there maybe a team or two that you feel like they've made some really good moves this offseason, but they're not necessarily getting the love that they deserve? And this is not Big 12 specific. It's just any team in college basketball that you take a look at, you think, man, this is a roster that I think could really be able to ascend this year, but not a lot of people are talking about it. I like what LSU did. I think, like you know, last year they had a very disappointing season, but I think for them, they're going to see a cultural shift. They brought in a couple of players that are from the area, like Jalen Cook. He's from the area. Carlos Stewart was from the area as well. So I think that the overall pride about LSU basketball will be restored on campus. You know, so you bring in a couple of guys like that, uh, Will Baker, Damian Collar. I think they're going to have a good team. They kept a few players from last year. I think they're going to take a gigantic step forward. I think they had a bad season last year, so gigantic might not be the correct word. But I think they're going to see them be just an overall better team because the pride will be back and the, and the players are actually here. Not saying last year's didn't, but it's different when you're playing for your hometown team where you're born and raised. And I do like what Matt McMahon was able to as well. To your point, there's a lot of guys that they played their high school basketball at LSU. Some of them slipped away and I believe for Jalen Cook, I think that he was over at LSU to start out with, went to Tulane, and now he's coming back as well. So I do think that that is something that is going to be working out really well for LSU and plain and simply LSU. I think that everyone except for, like, I think Wilkinson, who averaged like three points per game, none of them had scored a single point for the team the previous year. So just having a little bit more roster chemistry in general, and you're number two under McMahon. Things should be going a little bit better for them. Just like things always go terrific on this podcast. Whenever you join, Tobias, you do absolutely amazing work over at The Athletic. I know that you do a great job looking at all, all these transfer moves, looking at the Big 12. But on top of that, being able to identify these stars of tomorrow as well. So love the good people at home. Know it's all on tap for you. And how people are able to follow along on social media and other platforms. You can follow me on Twitter at Tobias underscore Bass. That's T-O-B-I-S underscore Bass. I'll actually be doing some traveling. Like I'll be going to the Peach Jam Next week, I'll be there at the 6th or the 9th, so you can follow me on Twitter and, you know, watch some of the future stars for tomorrow. I'll be there as well. I also have a story on the best 10 players I've seen there. I'm also going to be doing a story on the top 10 best players ever playing in Nike Peach Jam as well. So I'll have two stories coming out over the next couple of weeks, so stay tuned and let me know what you guys think. Absolutely. That sounds tremendous. And Tobias, he does a great job of being able to identify these stars of tomorrow every single time he joins this podcast lends absolutely amazing insights as well. So a big thanks to Tobias for joining me right here on Cusco Soups, now part of the Visa Family Podcast. And if you do have a question, comment, segment idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we offer those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at gnet underscore d1. Keep in mind letters M, they mean does not matter. So as per usual, please do send these into the timeline. Otherwise, find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you're able to fire in whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five-star review. We are continuing on taking a look at these comments conference previews as we're going to try to get you guys a colonial within the next I would say 72 or so hours next week is going to be conference USA hopefully soon after the rise in league so we're getting set for the upcoming season then once we get in season picks and analysis on every single game every single day so appreciate you tuning in today and I'll be with you once again tomorrow thank you so much for tuning in
It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Horton's new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.